0: All I knew is that I wanted to be happier and my big word was freedom. I wanted to understand what it felt like to feel free because I did not feel that way in any part of my life.
1: Hi, I'm Amira Alvarez, founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman and I'm super excited that you're joining me today for this podcast with my friend and colleague, Kelly Campbell. She is an agency transformation coach and helps marketing agencies really scale up and build the businesses that they love and desire. And as someone who built her own business, her own agency, she knows exactly what's involved in doing that. Now, Kelly and I went into tactics, but we also went into the backstory of what has led the two of us to our success. And we talked about how our upbringing was such that we were always driven for achievement and to to quite frankly prove ourselves and how that's very positive in some ways, but also there's a shadow side. So listen up for that. Listen up for how we've both integrated our masculine essence and our feminine essence and how Kelly has done that for her business in such a way that she is designing her business to suit her pleasure in life, her delight in life, and how she's even using that in sales conversations and how she presents herself. It's such a powerful lesson and I hope you enjoy it. I am super excited to have on to the show today my, I'm gonna call you my new BFF, uh, Kelly Campbell. She is an agency transformation coach and she's based in New York and we hit it off recently and we have a um, digital friendship that is happening. We've never actually met live in person because it's COVID and things like that don't happen that often anymore. But I'm super excited to have you on, Kelly. Thank you so much for
0: joining me. Thanks, Amira. I like new BFF. I like digital friendship. I like it all. Um, Whatever feels good sounds good to me.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So before we jump into all the questions that I have for you, because I actually was on your podcast, you got a chance to ask me lots of questions. Huge synergy there. We just hit it off. And yet I don't know a huge amount about you. Um, so we have talked a lot about sex and- Yes, we and have. It's <laughs> <Right. That's> great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, we'll get more into that, I'm sure. But why don't you introduce yourself and like contextualize for our listeners what your world is, what you, where, where you came from, your origin story, what, what your business is now, and then we'll go from there.
0: Yeah. Um, I definitely took a little bit of what I would say uh, was the path less traveled. Um, I started my cause marketing agency, although it wasn't, it didn't originally start as a cause marketing agency, um, but I did start that when I was 22. Um, I say that I just honestly didn't know any better. And I was really like oil and water with corporate America. I saw a lot of inefficiency in the leadership and I was like, you know, 22, I just come out and I was like, I could do this. Like I could do this. What? How hard could this be? Right. So, um, yeah, so I just started a a small agency. It was just me at first, and then I realized that I needed a developer, and I needed a salesperson, and I needed other people. And so it grew, um, you know, I would say slowly, it grew at a pace that was comfortable for me. And then I turned around one day, and I had 10 full-time employees and a big office, and I needed help with positioning and business development and all of these things, because I think a lot of people start out as practitioners, especially in the creative services field. They start out as practitioners and then they wake up one day and realize that they're not actually practicing their craft at all. They're just managing people and putting out client fires and really living a pretty unfulfilled life. Um, The one good thing was that I had great clients, I would say by and large, because we eventually started focusing about halfway into the 14 years, so about year seven into the company. Um, we realized that we were great with nonprofits and foundations and CSR initiatives from corporations um, and some educational institutions as well. So that was sort of where we played nicely in the sandbox. It aligned with our passion and our values as a team. And so I feel like I started to dial in and get really um, strategic about who we were as an organization, types of clients that we wanted to bring all of that. But there was still something eating away at me, like on a soul level, I just really wasn't super happy. And, you know, when you looked at it from the outside, all of my friends, all of my family members, everyone that knew me was like, you have your shit together. And I was really not vocal about the fact that I wasn't happy. You know, I was really, um, I loved my team. My team was amazing. And like I said, I loved our clients. We did good work but there was something eating at me and I really didn't know what it was. So maybe I manifested it. I don't know how it happened, but I ended up getting um, two different offers to purchase the business the same month that I was graduating from an MBA program. And I was like, okay, well, if this isn't like the universe saying you're not happy, here you go. We'll get you out of this. Um, So I ended up not taking either one of those offers, but I took a third offer that um, ended up popping up. Ever since then, I have been so much happier <laughs> because now I'm actually um, really, I would say, aligned with the things that I'm passionate about, where I have my deep expertise, and um, you know, just experience and and all of those things. And really, that is helping fellow agency owners uh, of creative technology and service, you know creative technology and media services companies um, to really just help them figure out how to get out of their own way, how to step into their own leadership capacity, how to cultivate um, or create cultures that really um, sort of have this, this feel to them that the employees are valued, that their voices are heard, that they're really, um, Just happy, just overall, just really happy, and God. So, a few things there. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a
1: lot. I just want to dive right in. So, one thing that I heard was you were 22, and you're like, "Sure, I can do this." Like, I want to know more about that. Like, more about her. What more about her? Like, was she always like? Was that? Have you always been that way? Has that helped you? has, where do you, where do you find, where's that chutzpah? that that's the word I would use for it mm-hmm. helped you. And where has it hindered you? Because a lot of people would say, you know, how long did you have that agency for? 14 years. 14 years. You, you built this business and then you sold it. Like, is, is that, was that a good decision? You weren't happy? Like, like, and were you not happy the whole time? Was, was there a myth of happiness there? Talk to me about
0: those. Yeah, guys. lots of good questions. So, so who she was at 22, um, and where that initiative came from? Because uh, you really—it sounds like you really would just want to dive right into it, which is great. I do. I want to know. It yeah. was um, a little bit of proving myself. It was like, well, if any guy can do this, I could do it, probably five times better, um, and that—that that came from. Uh, a really interesting combination. When I was growing up, my mother had, um, you know, narcissistic and borderline personality disorder. So I was constantly trying to kind of earn her love. So I couldn't do enough. That was like, perfect. I was like captain of every sports team and had straight A's and didn't smoke and drink. And I was like the perfect kid. And so I just kept trying and trying and trying to do all of these things that, um, would make her believe that I was competent enough to be loved. Can we so pause that, right there? Yeah. Have we had that conversation already? I don't, I don't know if we had that particular conversation. We
1: need to have like the, the club, the Pinky Swear Club or something. Yeah. Like children of narcissistic borderline mothers. I right? just
0: heard well yeah. And I didn't know that about, is that what you're saying? You are? Yeah. I don't same- know that she, I don't know that she would
1: self-describe that way or oh, mine ever, wouldn't either. <laughs> yeah. Or has ever been diagnosed. And for the record, I love her very much and all of that stuff. And that's the truth. And in fact, just to pull back the curtains on our business. Like I, we've been talking about how do we target the exact right woman for the kind of work that we do, because I, my ideal client is someone who is incredibly driven and ambitious and has what you've just described Mm -hmm. as that, you know, like I, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to reach to the next, 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 next level. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I, I keep saying to my team, how do we target the daughters of like people who are narcissists and borderline? Because that's, that's the result of that. It, the, the, it can be the shadow side. I think I'd love to hear about how you've turned that to, to not be the shadow side, but it can be the shadow side of many early years of just being driven for the sake of being driven, like the next task or goal in front of us. Um, so, anyways, the pull back the curtains piece is like a, there, there is a commonality there um, that, that really fits, fits a mold. Um, of success. It can be high, a high, highly successful person, but there's an underlying sense of lack of freedom or peace or delight in life or enjoyment um,
0: there. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because we, we didn't actually know what the synergy was, but we felt like it was underneath the surface. Absolutely. So that's, that's, yeah. There's probably some top in there. Um, so that was mom and then, or my biological mother. And then my father was basically like my mom and my dad in one human, um, super supportive, super encouraging. Uh, he was the one that when I was on the all boys baseball team and I like wanted to continue to play baseball because I was better than all the boys. He was like, good, I'm going to fight for you to continue. Even though the, 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 Little League wants you to go and play softball because that's where girls play. If you really want to play hardball with the boys, I will fight for you to try to do that. Um, He was that guy, right? So there was nothing. He was like, there's nothing that you can't do. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're purple, if you're a woman, if you're this, that, like you can do anything. So that mentality, and he was a business owner also. um, So I think a lot of that mentality just sort of seeped in. And yeah, so I had, you know, this very interesting dichotomy of super supportive and like, also I can't do enough to be perfect and, and it's not working. So, you know, to your point, it creates this, this desire to continue to do that, to continue to show up and, and sort of prove your competence for, to your clients, to your employees, make sure everybody likes you, sort of that people pleasing thing. I mean, at the end of the day, it all comes down to the sense of belonging, right? Like, we just want to have love and belonging. That's it. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, I don't know exactly where I was going with that, but that's that was sort of the foundation of who that kid was at 22.
1: At what point did you go... At what point did you see this is a shadow side? Like, this is this has served me to some degree. I appreciate how it served me, right? Like for me, speaking my life, I appreciate how that served me so much. I like, it. It, it's, it's part of what has allowed me to work at a level of excellence that I, I don't think that many other people or all other people have the experience of that, but it comes with a shadow side that is ultimately it doesn't give you a sense
0: of freedom. Correct. And when did you recognize that? I didn't recognize that, and have that epiphany until after I sold my agency. When I, so the way that I describe it is when I sold my agency, it was one of those moments where you know it should have felt like I just won the Super Bowl and I was going to Disney, right? Like this is what everybody talks about. You build a company from scratch. The day I started my company, I had $250 in my bank account and like a Mac laptop. That's all I had when I started the company. And at the end of it, I had 15 full-time employees and like the Mercedes-Benz was a client of ours. Like I really felt proud of it. And then I sold it and it was like every single, every single piece of flooring underneath me just collapsed, just crumbled. It felt like apocalyptic. Apocalyptic because I didn't really know who I was.
1: I was just right? going to finish that sentence for you. I, was I like- had
0: no idea who I was. All I knew was that I had a persona to uphold. I had a lot of people counting on me, a lot of people looking up to me, not just employees and clients, but also, you know, a partner, um, reliant on, you know, financially what I was bringing in to the marriage and, Friends who always held me at this pinnacle—it's a lot of pressure on someone's shoulders. Um, Also, I had no idea who I was without this CEO title next to my name. So, how did you figure that out? What was your process? Um, I basically just had an ego death. You know, no big deal, small
1: thing. You know, my ego died. My ego died.
0: That's what happened. Did you
1: end up under the covers, crawled, you know, curled up in the fetal position, not wanting to get out of bed? Yep. How long did that last?
0: I mean, not too long. Uh, I don't know, maybe like a few days to a week. Oh, that's not that long. Not that Not that long. Yeah. But I was really grateful for that because then it was like, okay, what are you going to do? You're not going to work for anybody else. Like, let's be honest. You're not going to go get a job. You can't work for someone else. So what are you going to do? And so I just started thinking, all right, well, that made me... Happy on the surface, what would make me happy truly on the inside? And that's when I started getting into like spirituality, um, Buddhist psychology, shadow work, universal law. I mean, like all of it at once. I was like, my friend describes it as you, you sort of like went down a buffet line and you were like sampling everything and then you just figured out what worked for you. So that's how it all started.
1: Yeah. So, what's the after story? Show us the, tell us the after picture. I mean, we can all see the after picture. She freaking glows, right? <laughs> like, But like what, there was a process there. How long was the sampling and how long did it
0: take to, to know who you were? And then how do you know that you know who you are? Yeah, I mean, all good questions. I, I would say that it is an ongoing process. I don't think it's like I could say, oh, well, that was four years ago. And like when I hit year three, that's when I think... um you know you just you absorb some of the learning some of the realizations you get a little deeper you unpeel these layers um you come to you know some some really incredible intense moments where i don't know you just you you just start to like wake up a little bit more. That's the best way I can describe it. It's really hard to talk about this stuff, right? Because like you're peeling back layers, you're doing some healing, you're growing, you're speaking differently. You have new information that you're taking in. It's like this process, right? Absolutely. So for
1: me, I would say I I went all in also, like, and I went all in and I was going to, the, the next thing that showed up that like I had that resonance with, I studied. And I was like, what is this? What does it have for me? And I think the difference that I see, and I'd love your opinion on this, is some people read and study and absorb information in a very intellectual way where it's kind of a massing of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Without practice, you mean? Without practice. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, what I, what I tell people, what I share, is that I, I've taken that and I, I hold myself to high standard. And if I'm reading some philosophical thing, I think, how does that work in my life? Yeah. What would that look like? And then I go act on it and I test it out, right? I see, well, maybe I misunderstood that because I got this result, or maybe, maybe I need to do it m- more and figure this out a little bit, right? There's, there's a testing and a tweaking but it's a calibration so that I understand the material. What's it been like for you?
0: Yeah, I think that's the same thing. I mean, I was working with um, a shadow work coach and a Buddhist psychology coach who focuses on contemplative science. And uh, originally when I thought about or, or met these two people, I was like, oh, which one am I going to work with? And I realized one day that, that that's a limitation that doesn't need to exist. You could, I had the financial means to work with both of them. Um, I thought, wow, this is actually kind of an interesting experiment, like life experiment. What if, what would it look like to work with both of them? Cause both of these things are things that I'm interested in. Why do I have to do one in, you know, a, like cons- like a consecutive order. And I had gone through therapy being, you know, the the daughter of a mother with a, that co comorbidity condition, like, I was in therapy for years, like since I was 16 years old. Um, It it did really well for me, but I knew that that was not the thing that was going to get me to where I wanted to get to. And you can call it awakening. You could call it ascension. You could call it whatever you want. All I knew is that I wanted to be happier. And my big word was freedom. I wanted to understand what it felt like to feel free because I did not feel that way in any part of my life.
1: And do you feel free now?
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely free. But it's it's taken on different forms than I would have ever even dreamed of before. Because again, even that idea of freedom was limited. It was limited yeah. by my own capacity. Yeah. You know? Tell yeah. us more about that. So, So for me, freedom is the ability to, you know, be fully expressed Um, 100%. do whatever you want, obviously within reason, I don't mean like act irresponsibly, but do whatever you want. if you want to go take a trip, you want to you know date someone you know whatever it is, you want to go for a bike ride you there's no i guess it's um I'm trying to like put words to it I think it's it's different when it comes to you as an individual. And then I think there's like a definition of freedom or like an essence of freedom is probably what I would call it. And then there's like an essence of freedom in partnership, right? Mm -hmm. So in partnership, what that looks like to me now, which is very different than what it looked like before when I was married. um, Now that looks like maintaining my autonomy and my independence and also making space to be close to another person. Absolutely right? Financial independence, all of that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you started off our, our friendship with just that. We had written back and forth together and we had planned on doing a podcast interview on your mm-hmm. podcast, which you should pitch at some point on this podcast so people know how to find you. Um, and like the day of the interview, two days before the interview, you're like, I need to reschedule. And later when we were joking and laughing and, and, all, and I was totally fine with that, by the way, I, I don't know uh, the, the a- absolute circumstances, but it didn't bother me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And that was you claiming what you just said, like freedom. And later it came out, you're like, yeah, I need to hang out with my girlfriend. Like I need to, I forget where you were going, but like running off to the mountains or something. <laughs> and, and like, it was like, this is my priority right now. And I, and I don't know if I could sense that through the ether or whatever, but I'm like, yeah, have at it. Go, for, go for it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: yeah I, I think also the comparison between the, the owning the agency and now um, I did not prioritize play even a little bit. I had no idea. And and this was even goes back to childhood too, because I was so serious and so focused on making sure that you know i was trying to earn love and trying to belong in my little family and not understanding why my mother didn't love me or what was broken or damaged about me i did not play right like yes i played sports but the driving force behind playing sports was to show her that i was good at something and lovable it wasn't because i enjoyed it
1: for as pleasure entirety, right? right i didn't do
0: it for pleasure
1: so um, was there one specific mindset shift that you made or a conglomeration of mindset shifts that you made that, that, that enabled you to move from that kind of thinking to the like really living, playing, integrating it with your business, right? Because you, ha- you do have a successful business now.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, I'm making like five times the amount that I made when I was an agency owner and I'm working about 20 hours a week, whereas I was working, making one fifth and probably working close to 80 hours a week for almost the entire 14 years. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's very different. I think the mindset shift is, is there it's multifaceted. So for sure it's prioritizing play and freedom right so i look at work now as like something that i fit in between my play and that's a huge mindset shift right like how can i organize my week or my my subsequent weeks around the things that are important to me in my life for my happiness because the way that i look at it as, is i cannot give this is like a roomy quote but like i cannot give from the depths of my well right like i can only give from my overflow and so if i'm not full nobody's going to be getting a ton of value. Not me, not them.
1: The thing that's coming to me is like when you close the agency, you had no idea who you were. So you could not, if I'm understanding it correctly, you could not figure out what kind of play you would even want because who are you? Like, like you don't even know what, what that would be, right? Right. Your whole identity was the 80 hour agency, 80 hour week agency. So So what was the process for you of figuring out like
0: even what you wanted to do or like to do or where pleasure came from? I think that I'm still figuring that out, to be honest with you. I mean, I know I've always known that I love to travel. I just couldn't do that when I had my agency. The only time that I took off a significant time was for my honeymoon. um, And we took two weeks off to go to Thailand. That was like the longest vacation I have ever taken in all 14 years. so what what did I, I didn't understand what play actually meant. You know, it was like, I would freak out at taking off half a day on a Friday to go do something, you know, take a long drive upstate or something. Now it's very different. It's like, I, I don't, I'm like figuring out what all of that means. Sometimes that means like just doing some very... Eccentric, like dance in the backyard. Sometimes it's like gardening. I'm renting motorcycles uh, this Friday for 24 hours to just to like go ride motorcycles. Do you know how to ride a motorcycle? Yeah, I have a motorcycle license. Okay, very cool. I mean, it's been like 15, 20 years since I've yeah. Been well, I motorcycle.
1: just was like wondering, like, dude, you, can you just rent a motorcycle? Like, yeah, you just like
0: no, you, like, do you need a I
1: can rent a scooter. Like I'm on the Greek island, I can rent a scooter. But like, can you just rent a motorcycle?
0: No, you need a license. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I'm still figuring out what that looks like, but I think that there's a lot more creativity and even cooking. And so it's not outlandish things. It's just, there's so much more joy in the things that are in my life now. I think I, I certainly don't take anything for granted anymore. And I think that there's a playfulness in not, um, talk to me about, you said something, I want to go back to something you
1: said, you said, you build your business around the play around prioritize the the play. Yeah. So talk to me about how that has changed how you developed your business. Can you give our audience a specific, like when I chose to do X, it forced me to look at my business in such and such a way and make this kind of decision.
0: Yeah. So I decided I can be very specific about it. I decided I wanted, wanted to take, um, if I could, one week off every single month. Okay. Oh, okay. Whatever that means. If it was a full week or like multiple long weekends or whatever, I wanted one week off every single month. Um, and the way that I thought about that was, okay, well, if I'm going to do that, that means I'm not, when I take time off, I'm not available to clients. Like they're very good about that. They know, I'm very clear about it. Same, same as I would expect them to take time off when they go on vacation. So I decided that I had to set up the coaching practice in such a way that you know everything was based on um a recurring schedule for monthly calls. It wasn't going to be weekly calls, it was going to be a monthly call. Um, you know what I looked at was more from the value standpoint if I'm working specifically with agency owners. There are not a lot of consultants out there who are in that agency growth consulting space who have actually owned agencies before. So literally with so many myriad moving parts in that industry, um, there's a lot of value there. So I I designed, to answer your question, it was like, okay, well, if taking time off is a priority because that's where my play is, then I need to create these the structure of the interactions, like the number of interactions and the time frame, and how we schedule them out, I have to make sure that I, um, you know, make the have the clients feel comfortable with what that setup is. But then, you know, also make sure that I get what I need so that I can again fill my well. And how how have Does you that answer your
1: question? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Because you, that's exactly what you have to do. You have, for me, the languaging that I use Mm -hmm. is what's your vision? Like, how do you, what do you, tell me what you want. Okay. First, tell me what you want. Then we build the business to support that. Okay.
0: Do you find that that's a hard question for people to answer though? Because of those limiting beliefs? When you say, tell me what you want. I would imagine people are like, I don't know. I just want to like provide for my family. And maybe take like 3 weeks vacation per year. You know, it's
1: really interesting. Sometimes that's the answer. Sometimes they will tell me what they want and then immediately say but I have a really good life and everything's good and it, it, that the the backtracking around like I don't want to deny the goodness that's here. So I've, I've I've started to actually teach a lot on, you know, good enough is not good enough. Like you can appreciate and be Grateful and thankful for everything you have and want more. Desire is causative. like it's what calls us forward into right. more life. And and don't deny that desire for more when even if you know you're in great health and there's nothing to complain about and you make good money and but you would like to work three three weeks a month instead of four. That's a desire. Okay. Let's own that. So to answer your question, yes, I think. Uh, there's a limitation often in terms of, here, I'll give you my limitation right Mm -hmm. now. Okay. Full transparency. So when I went, did my big quantum leap, right. And I, I was, I was, I went from 138 to 700 K, but my goal was a million dollars. And I had an idea of what a woman who made a million dollars a year made. Mm -hmm. It's totally not true, but like, I I had an idea of what that was and it was calling me forward and I had a vision and I I was working towards that and I could own that desire. Okay. Now I have a desire that is multiple, whatever's uh, exponential or like the quotient times, whatever, right. From that. And I don't know anyone like on a personal, real, intimate level. It's not in your sphere. It's not in my sphere. And so I'm tr- I, I am personally right now in a place where like I'm kind of in this, what would that actually look like? And I don't have the thing to hold on to. I have a, I got to that number because I I built a, a life and I put an, a financial price tag to, toward everything that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But that's not really who that woman is. Right. And so there's a little gap there for me. And so there's a challenge. I think there's often a challenge for people when where you don't know what it is that you want. Like you, you have a vague outline of it. There's like an impression, but you can't quite hold on to it. Yeah. And- but for other people they they have like they have what they want and they just deny it. Yeah. And that's that's a challenge.
0: I think for me um since like you know I I'm I'm like how am I going to say this? Oh, just say it. <laughs> um for me like um partnership and intimacy and all of that is like really important, right? So I felt like for the last 4 years as I was trying to figure out what was happening with like the marriage and then that ending and the divorce being finalized and all these things like my business was really flourishing over the course of that time making, you know, um double, sometimes triple the amount of money from year to year so I felt like I had a good handle on like the business, right? And the question in my mind was like, well well, okay, so this marriage is going to be over. Um what kind of relationship do I want? So it's the same question when you ask, like, what is your vision? And I just sat down and started writing one day and I wrote, Like a four-page manifesto called "Like the Relationship That I Want," and the key thing about that little manifesto, which my friends completely tease me about, by the way. Why did they
1: tease you? That is uh, that is is like a manifestation, like tool, powerful. Like this is how you call it in the written word is amazing.
0: Well, they didn't know. But what's funny about that is they were teasing me about it in the very beginning, and then (laughs) little by little, or one by one, they started asking me once they realized the power of the manifestation <laughs> they started asking me oh well how d- how did you do that can you do that is that like an exercise is that like a link you can I was like no I just did it like I like I didn't focus on the other person at all I focused on the essence of the, the feeling of the it quality of it yeah. the healing of it right so um I would do the same thing for as you know for the clients like if you struggle with understanding or, or having an idea of what that vision is, I would start writing it down.
1: Oh, absolutely. So for me, I, I tend to sort of get these little glimmers of what I want. And then I do, I have to write it down. Like I have a whole process of creation. And so I think I need to kind of edit what i said like i have a vision about where my my life is going mm-hmm. but it's different that it's like that's here's the thing kelly that's my life i'm like that's where i'm going that's where i'm going that's mm-hmm. where i'm going but i don't have the vision of like the like i had about the 1 million dollar business owner and mm-hmm. i actually in in speaking this out loud to you i think that's actually quite healthy because now it's, it's like I, that, that first million was maybe the way you and I have been brought up to get to the goal kind of thing versus mm-hmm. like just, just like, I really want that goal. I'm going to prove that I can do it versus right, right. Um, who am I and what do I really want? Right. There's yeah. a,
0: it's subtle, but there's a distinct difference in the energy between those two things. One is like... Um, almost, there's almost like a negative, like a negativity to it. And hear me out for a second. What I mean by that is like, it's very goal oriented for the, for the purpose of someone else, maybe someone else being society. I don't know.
1: Yeah. But, the only challenge I have with it, well, I'm going to let you finish, but I have a challenge with that.
0: Um, I'm just thinking that like one of them is goal oriented, and it's almost like you're doing it for an external purpose, mm-hmm. and the second one is still goal oriented, but without it removes the limitations, and it's actually you're doing it for an internal purpose. That's yeah. kind of how I would frame that. So, there's but a yeah, lot challenge I- me if you want. <laughs> so, so here's the thing: fear was
1: driving me in a way, mm-hmm. right? Like I was, I I needed to prove myself. I wanted, I was doing it for me, but I was doing it for society. Whatever that is, okay. There is a fear-driven quality to that. If we just divide the world, okay, black and white and go very binary on that. However, that was causative to me. Like that allowed me to do the work that I needed to do on the inner game to break through. And it actually, like, if I hadn't have claimed that very, you might call it status oriented or society, right? Like uh-huh. go, money, mo, just sheer, like, here's Monetary. my number goal, yep. right? If I hadn't have claimed that, if I hadn't said, I'm going for it, I really wanted it. I would have stayed in a very, and we need to talk about this. Okay. Cause we have this in common as well. Some version of this in common. I would have stayed in a very, 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 very good marriage without great sex. Okay, I would have stayed um, in a life where I was doubting myself all the time, people pleasing all the time, jumping through hoops all the time, um, and not breaking free. Like the, the, the journey that I went on to actually get to this level caused me to change. And now I have the freaking liberty to say and flip my hair back and think I'm all that and more and say, now I can have desire call me forward. And what's driving me is, um, the, these more pure aspirations. Right. Right. Okay. Now I would say that the, the million dollars was a desire, but it was based from this, this kind of fear driven place. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I, I think it's almost like if you want to stay on the binary track, it's almost like the first level was you choosing fear The second level is you choosing love.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But both have desire there.
0: And we need both. This is sort of like a lot of people say, like, um, you know, ego is a terrible thing. No, Mm. you actually need ego because ego actually helps you survive. It protects you. Otherwise, you're going to be sitting there not doing anything, right? Well, this is the same thing with like what I talk about all the time with the masculine and feminine, like being energy and doing energy. We We need both. Absolutely. We could sit there and we can ruminate and we can collaborate and strategize and all of that. But if we don't have the masculine energy to actually execute and get something done, then, you know, we, yeah, it's just that both things are absolutely necessary.
1: And that's the the way I teach that is the law of gender. Right. Mm -hmm. And we we spoke about this, right? Yep. Right. Like you need the masculine essence and the feminine essence. That's creative energy comes together to create babies. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and that's how I Generative do I created, and receptive, right? Both. So absolutely. 100%. I'm actually
0: doing, this is really fun, but I'm doing a, a, a talk on this uh, for client con on October 7th um, where I'm talking about, you know, essentially winning more business by changing your approach. And it's all about feminine and masculine energy, which it. It, the, the person who is putting the, putting the, the, conference on, I was like, do you have anyone talking about that? He was like, uh, I don't think I've heard anyone ever talk about that before. <laughs> That's I'm like, great. 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 So give us
1: a nugget on that. Like, how would you share with our audience? Like, give us the two minute version of bringing, bringing both or, or how you would approach business differently.
0: Yeah, so from like a business development standpoint, I think especially right now, it's more about focusing on like feminine language. So feminine language um, and also just like feminine essence, talking about like, especially in today's climate, like being more vulnerable um, when you're connecting with someone. Let's say it's a cold outreach, um, kind of sharing your story. You know, maybe it's like, hey, look, I know we're all we've been working from home for five, six months now. I'm finding it really difficult because I've got my kids running around and this and that. I really just would like to connect with you. to, to here, like, how are you doing? So it's it's like human to human first. And then if there's some synergy and we do business together, that's great. But it's really about that, like caring, collaborative, um, vulnerable, all the words that could be categorized as more feminine. And then, you know, bringing the masculine in when it makes sense to. So I, when, when it comes to like pitching or any type of capabilities, decks or pitch decks, proposals, things like that, I think a lot of service-based companies, I'm for me, it's agencies, but I think a lot of service-based companies suffer from what I call we syndrome, where they take a very like toxic masculine approach to their pitches. Here's our approach. These are who our clients are. This is our team, and it's all about them. And if you really think about that, when you're at, let's say, a party, right, and someone comes over to you and they talk about themselves for 20 minutes straight, all you want to do is run the other way. Well, why do you think it's different in business? You don't want to be that guy. So if you focus more on their needs and their, what you've learned about them, again, back to feminine, your research, your analysis, your, do your homework. Put your homework in front of them and show them that you understand who they are, what they care about, what's going to motivate them, focusing that. And then at the tail end, we bring in the masculine. So for me, it's a balance of those two things, but 100% focusing on the feminine aspects of this first and more so. Then we bring in the masculine when needed. I love that.
1: I love that. That's 100% how I teach sales, Mm -hmm. which is like, I have this little thing that's on the 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 cheat sheet that I give my clients that says "shut up and listen," right? You know, and I know that that is a little masculine the languaging around it, but that's like to break through yeah. because so many people want to just talk about themselves and say how wonderful they are right. and let me prove that I am the greatest at what I am doing. That's
0: big fear. Like what we were talking about before you do that, or not only you particularly, but like universal you, you do that because you're worried that this client is not going to think that you're capable. There's going to be some doubt in their mind and you're actually probably a little desperate for the business and people can see that energy coming a mile away. They can feel
1: it a hundred percent. Whereas when you're in receptive mode, when you're in just like, Hey baby, I got the goods. You want some of this? Right? Right? Like I put a little sexy edge to it, but that's like like that's the energy. Like I'm confident. I'm great. I know my stuff. I, I would love to help you if you want my help,
0: but you know, I don't need, yeah. I don't need you as a client. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to help you if you think that there's, if we find that we're a mutual fit for one another, but if not, like that's okay. And I take it a step further and say, if we're not a mutual fit, that's great. I've got 400 other strategic partners that I can refer you to. You know, Absolutely, hundred percent. Let me, let me right? give. Let me give, even if there's nothing in it for me. You know, maybe there's a commission, but you know what I mean. But
1: still, the the energy behind it is: I'm not desperate. I'm not graspy. I'm not um, in scarcity, and I'm I'm here to help you. Right. I mean, and service, the, right? The first law of receiving is giving. It's like, can you come with that energy now? You have to be smart about business. People misunderstand that, I think, a right. lot where they they overgive or they um do like they they don't have good boundaries or they they create poor uh agreements or things like that. That's not what I'm talking about, right? right? You have to that and again, this is masculine and feminine, you know you need the masculine, you need a you need a damn good contract like mm-hmm. you just need that, okay yep. because it makes it easy then to show up right it then makes it easy to give anyways, yep. I love that I love yep. that
0: yeah there's so much overlap. Um, I think this was sort of like a, a little bit of like an aha moment for me also when I started sort of like up leveling in my consultancy when I started being really authentic and um, speaking in the way that that was really true to me, Yeah, everything changed. I mean, even to the point where I changed my email signature says with love and gratitude. When you say with love in a business setting, people are like, whoa, either she's woo woo, or she's like, I don't take her seriously or whatever the situation is. I... Instead of being scared of that stuff, I just embraced it. I was like, this is who I am. Like, I'm a lover. I want everybody to connect. I want to pair you with someone, even if you're not a good client for me. I want, I'm want. i a convener, right? Like, I create safe spaces where people can be vulnerable with me. I mean, as a coach, that's super important. It's just who I am. So why would I try to be someone I'm not? And so the more in alignment that I became with who I really am, once I figured out who the hell that was, Um, everything just sort of happened now. I'm not going to say, um, I want to like put a little pin in that because it's not just that it happened, right? Like I had a company for 14 years. I developed a deep network. Like I did the work. So it doesn't just happen. there's There's
1: that masculine feminine, um, right thing together. It's like right. you owned who you were, the truth of who you were. You, you received that, you held the container for, you, for it, you were the container for it. And you also had this masculine quality, which is like, I know how to run a business and this is, I'm going to take action. I'm going to do this next thing. Right. Like, right. yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah it's, um, it's almost like if you think about like feminine and masculine on like a line, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. Like a continuum, I kind of like the idea of of having like a marker right in the middle. That's like, you are here, right? <laughs> like that's the goal is like actually to be directly in the middle of the two of them.
1: I love that. I and love that. and
0: each person, regardless of gender, has the ability and the opportunity to oh, do that.
1: 100 percent. Yeah, I have so many more questions for you. I'm gonna <laughs> ask you. I'm gonna ask you one more question on that okay. subject, and then we're gonna uh, wrap up. Okay? okay, so a little, little pre pre warning here. Um, so do you have the same philosophy in your relationship, in your romantic
0: relationship that you need to be in that center? Um, very good question. I love that question. It's a beautiful and fun question. Um, so on the macro level, I would say yes. On the micro level, I would say the fluidity of where that bar is swings very wide depends on the day.
1: So do so, you guys, do you guys flip who's, who's more masculine and who's, who's more feminine? I mean,
0: I think that in the, in like the cis or street world, like there's this, this identification or this understanding that like if you have two women together, one has to be more masculine and one has to be more feminine. I love sort of um, getting rid of all of those boundaries and limitations and categorizations. Um I think it really can depend on the day. It's, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, it flips um, visually. Like there are days that I could present as much more feminine. There are days she could present as super feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's all over the place. And yes. that's how I like it. So,
1: in, so so to that point, so in your relationship, there's less of a like, I need to stay or I'm aiming to stay right in the middle
0: again, on the macro, I think it's important to, to sort of, um, have both equally, Mm -hmm. but I think there's, there's a lot more swing in, I don't know if that actually is coming across the right way, but, um, so in the moments it's fine to, to air, but like, yeah. And this is also what we're talking about is like in play and relationship versus like, Business and trying to close a deal, right? Like, there's a different energy to that. Um, I think it's important to have both, but I think you have a lot more freedom. Let's put it that way a lot more freedom to swing as much as you want. I know that's a really terrible (laughs) sentence. (laughs)
1: So, so here's the thing for me, Kelly. (laughs) That's funny. Um, Look at me. Um, So, in my business, you know, lots of feminine, lots of like receiving a lot of of that. But I'm also very directive and masculine. I probably air more on the masculine side in my business. And I had to actually learn how to like, kind of shut that off so that in, or, or ratchet it down maybe, so that in my romantic relationship. And it's not like I've, I've suddenly become passive or something like that. That's not what I actually mean by feminine, just in case anyone's misinterpreting that. But I had to learn how to, 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 um, really like let that drop away quite significantly. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, and, and, and do that, um, consciously Mm -hmm. for, and, and when I was able to really do that, then that relationship is everything that i want it to be yeah. you know always growing always more but i but in my personal experience there's there's a place that i exist a balance that i exist in my business and i i would raise my hand to say that i probably need to air more on the feminine than than on the masculine in my business but yeah. in my
0: personal life yeah
1: i've had to really shift that
0: but that's interesting to me because as soon as you're saying that I don't think we're we're saying anything different. The only difference is like um, these these two edges or ends that we we're talking about before on the spectrum. I think like if this side is masculine, this is like business. Mm-hmm. This side is feminine. This is like personal. You're still right in the middle.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. just
0: like so. There's a, there's some some tweaking that you can you can do with that, but I think it's important to have an equal amount of both. What however that shows up, right? And to be conscious of it. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. I, I of what's, mean,
1: what's required in the moment.
0: You're right. It is a consciousness also. I didn't think about that, but it is conscious. Yeah. 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 I mean,
1: it, it, it's a, I would say that there's a consciousness to it as you're building a, a habit, if you will. Yeah. You know, like- does that make sense? Like yeah. I had to, as I was learning to, to show up differently, I had to bring a lot of consciousness to it. And now it feels like that's just how I can show up.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, though I will say if I've had a super busy week and I am in total, like go, go mode. mode um, oh, you just, you just <laughs> mouth the same words that I use. If I'm just in go mode, it's like, I need to, um, like Ground and chill, and come into my femininity. Yeah, that's
0: a really important word that you used. It's not about being conscious, and then, and I'm saying this for for the benefit of those listening. Um, It's not about changing who you are or like altering your personality. It's about grounding, right? So if you feel like you're like embodying one one direction or one end of the spectrum a little too much. It's about grounding and coming back into your body to figure out how you slide that a little bit more. Right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And there's so many practices that we could talk about for that. So maybe that's like episode two with Kelly Campbell, right? Because <laughs> I, think, I, I think I think that, that the practice, that it doesn't happen, like we talked about earlier, it doesn't happen just intellectually as an intellectual understanding. It's in the there body. There has to be an embodiment of it. There has to be an an action that you take differently, even if it's a yeah. presencing action or, or spiritual practice or whatever it is, there yeah. needs to be something that calls you back to, to who you are. You know? yeah. So, okay. Before I ask my last question, can you tell people
0: where they can find you in
1: this beautiful world that we live in?
0: Yes, the digital world. Um, So my website is just my name. So klcampbell.com. And then you can find all the information about agency leader transformation, coaching, um, agency growth consulting, and then the podcast that you mentioned before, which is called thrive your agency resource. um, That's just a button on there. uh, Or you can also find that wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: That's fantastic. We'll put a lot of links to all your places in our show notes. Thank you. So you can find that there. So my last question is what makes you an unstoppable woman?
0: Freedom. Finally understanding what freedom feels like, looks like, sounds like. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, the the thing that was very elusive to me my entire life, I feel like I finally understand what it feels like. And so I feel like embodying freedom makes me completely unstoppable.
1: Totally, totally. Well, I cannot wait to hear what the next level of that is, like where that takes you, right? Because it's just, it's like the world's your oyster. And, you know, I just, I'm thrilled. I love it. Well, thank
0: it. you. Thank you so much for having me on. This is so much fun.
1: Yeah, we have good chemistry, I think,
0: <laughs> if I do say
1: so myself kind of thing.
0: <laughs> okay, Absolutely. so that is a wrap. Thank you so
1: much, Kelly. And um, see you the next time we have you on, because I'm sure there'll be a next time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks. Okay.
1: Thank you so much for joining us and for being a part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. I want to let you know that we've got a ton of free resources for you for scaling your business at theunstoppablewoman.com free stuff Please go ahead and check those out. And we'd also love your help in getting the message out. Share this podcast with all the unstoppable women in your life, your friends, your colleagues, your business besties. Please do that. And if you're game, we'd super duper duper appreciate a review on iTunes as well. Thanks so much and be unstoppable.